Town Hall Academy episode 31. That was one of the first things that um, was recommended that we do is start communicating and open up the communication with our tech, with our employees. And to my surprise, the response back from the staff was, it's about time. It's about time we had some consistency in communication. And it was actually more wanted by the staff than it was from us. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarketers, to the Town Hall Academy, episode 31, the matching audio podcast of the Town Hall Academy video on 12 Tips on Holding Great Team Meetings. Carm Capriato here, your host, and I'm with Kim Auernheimer, Scott Waddle, and Tristan Realibut. Hey, you're going to be surprised on the huge number of takeaways that you'll find in this episode. If you're always looking to catch a new inspiration or idea, remember you can pick them up right here in the growing content library of some of the best lessons and aftermarket interviews anywhere on the planet. Please use this resource to strengthen your own remarkable results. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Performance and reliability. That's what Jasper's remanufactured diesel engines provide mile after mile. Their running completed engines are dynamometer tested with horsepower and torque ratings recorded. There's a nationwide warranty included too. Talk about dependable service. Ever consider watching the video of any of the Academy lessons? Well, carve out some time on your Saturday morning as you catch up on your paperwork or enjoy that second cup of joe. Hey, if you love the Academy format, I can bring it to you in your next association gathering or event. For details on my speech formats, go to carmspeaks.com and learn about how we can take the Academy format to your next event. Hey, you know how much I love the podcast app with every podcast at your fingertips. Well, this past summer, we updated it, and it's smoother and smarter than ever. It is so easy to get. Just go to remarkableresults.biz slash app, that's A-P-P, and download it on your iOS or Android smart device. Yes, you can get it for your phone or tablet. This repurposed podcast of the video forum makes it easier for everyone that does not have the time to catch the forum live. That's the power of podcasting, the digital on-demand audio broadcast, and I'm glad you're here. Now listen to Kim Auernheimer, the co-owner of CS Automotive in Brentwood, Tennessee. In July 2011, Kim stepped out from the background and joined her husband Rob in the venture of creating an industry-leading standout shop on a full-time basis. Also meet Tristan Realibit, the owner of Real Haas Automotive in Westmont, Illinois. He is an ASEL1, C1, X1, Master Certified Technician, and an AMI-AAM graduate. Tristan started his business at 19 years old, and he never looked back. And also Scott Waddle, who opened Precision Auto Service in Langley, British Columbia, 20 years ago. Their tagline is, where we worry about your car, so you don't have to. They believe it is their responsibility to keep their clients safe and reliable on the road. What does this Town Hall Academy panel have in common? They are all holding team meetings. They all have a business coach, and they're all running successful businesses. See the show notes for extended bios, links to their previous podcasts, and the Academy's key talking points at remarkableresults.biz slash A031. So if you're considering holding team meetings, you've come to the right place to receive a strong outline and reasons for holding them. If you're holding team meetings and you want to find ways to improve them, you're in for a treat. 
If you enjoyed the lesson, please share it with an industry colleague. Now, listen to the Town Hall Academy on 12 Tips on Holding Great Team Meetings. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It is exactly 12 noon. It's another Friday Town Hall Academy from the Remarkable Results Radio podcast. We're going to discuss a very interesting uh, subject today, 12 tips on holding great meetings. And we either hold too many, we don't hold enough, or if we hold meetings, they may not be good meetings. And we're here to discuss how how to have really good meetings. Tristan, I'm going to go right to you. What type of meetings do you need to have? And what about having a great purpose for every meeting? I think, well, there's there's different type of meetings. Um, you know, you have your daily, weekly, monthly meetings, right? And you have different agendas for those meetings. But I think the most important factor in, in holding a great meeting happens before the meeting even starts. You know, participants must want to be present to the meeting, right? They must have buy-in to go to these meetings, you know? It will not be as effective if they don't even want to be there, if there's something that they just have to go to because the boss said so. I think that's the most important part is that everyone attending must know what they need, you know, why they need to attend and how much important their presence is in that meeting. Got it. Do you ever go over the numbers with your team and do they understand that? Oh yeah, we do. Our daily meetings, we discuss the numbers from yesterday, right? Weekly meetings, we discuss numbers and goals and achievements for the week. And in monthly meetings, we discuss numbers and and overall for the whole month. Do you have a business coach? I do. Mm -hmm. All of you do, I believe. Scott, are you with Elite? That's right. And Kim, who are you with? I'm Cecil Bullard, Smart Groups and Institute. (sighs) It almost seems like every entrepreneur service professional that I have known that uh, has a coach always seems to implement meetings. Scott, did that become after you and Jim Murphy worked together? I don't think it did, actually. Not that I don't want to give Jim credit for lots, but uh, I mean, what really did it for me is we had a, uh, we had a, a staff member, uh, just kind of uh, a long-term staff member in our first uh, 10 years, just kind of blow up one day and just go over all this stuff that you know he thought was wrong and, and many points were certainly correct. And, uh, and then he ended up leaving. And what I learned from that was that you know we went way too long without talking. And from that point on, I said, we're going to have meetings every week. I eventually switched them to every second week. But the meeting every second week keeps us from ever having something that went too long and somebody can have a blow up about. And that's what made me start. And from there, it just kept on going. So I'm hearing the word communication is like the foundation of what meetings are about. Kim, same for you? Absolutely. And the that was one of the first things that um, was recommended that we do is start communicating and open up the communication with our tech, with our employees. And to my surprise, the response back from the staff was, it's about time. It's about time we had some consistency in communication. And it was actually more wanted by the staff than it was from us <laughs> because that just meant one more thing that needed to be done and such. But the, uh, the technicians and the, and the staff were really, really wanting that, that form of communication and that open line. Okay. So let's talk about our tip number two, and we're going to, we're going to kind of fly through 12, maybe even a bonus tip at the end, maybe 13. And so our tip number one is to have a meeting purpose and to set goals. And Tristan, I think, as you said, they could we, we could talk training, goals, financial, and, and in general. Now, number two we have down is have an agenda. 
And Kim, let me ask you about that. Do you do you actually post a real live agenda, or is it something? When I come to a meeting at your place, I know what we're going to discuss every time. We actually have a written agenda, and the on that agenda is the space for the note taker. It lists the topic that we're going to discuss, who's going to present it, and the the area for the notes. Um, that agenda is consistent on a. And we kind of set it up. We have two two weekly meetings. One on Mondays is the management meeting, which includes the service advisor, the lead tech, the, Rob, myself, the, the two owners, and our customer service representative. So we have one agenda for that meeting. We have a separate one for our staff Wednesday lunch meeting. Um, so we have two meet, two agendas, and they are consistent. However, there are um, there's time. We, we purposely leave time to add items to the agenda that need to be addressed. If I was coming to one of your meetings, Kim, and I knew that I needed to talk, do you ever ask me for specifics and do I need to prepare for that or do you want to hear the same thing from me every week? Well, I, um, for instance, one of our topics is uh, tools and equipment. So we have our lead tech is assigned to that particular uh, item or that topic. Um, he's going to bring forward information, special, special equipment needs, fixes, repairs, anything that might need to happen. But also the staff knows that if there's anything with tools and equipment that needs to be addressed, they need to take that to Tanner because Tanner's assigned to that topic every week. Whoever is responsible for that topic is responsible for accumulating and bringing everything forward. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have the by the ways during the meeting. Scott, give me an idea of your uh, your meeting agenda ideas. Well, ours isn't quite so formal. We don't go in with an agenda. Uh, I, I might go in with an agenda, but I don't uh, present it to the staff up front. We go in, and I certainly have some things, and we have lots of time for open discussion and uh, all the items that uh, we want to review. The one thing that we do consistently every time, well, there's a few things. We review the last meetings notes, which was, uh, to me, really important, because otherwise we are just having meetings for the sake of meetings. We don't mm-hmm. review last meeting and what we said we were going to do, then we are not effective at all, right? So did we follow up on what we said we were going to? It's probably 50%, but 50% better than what it would be without the meeting. So <laughs> that's what I find uh, important is to review those notes. And then you same things that was uh, already discussed. We have the numbers, we have the, um, the tools and equipment, you know, shop safety, and of course, uh, feedback from customers, both good and bad. Those we do every time. Okay, your customer's engine or transmission has failed, but now is not the time for them to trade their vehicle. Not without a working engine or transmission. Besides, would they have kept their vehicle another three to five years if their engine or transmission had not let them down? Well, if you answered yes, then Jasper Engines and Transmissions is your choice to give your customer's vehicle new life and many thousands of miles of enjoyable driving performance. When considering the high cost of a new or newer used vehicle, there's a pretty good case to be made for your customers to replace a drivetrain component that has failed or is delivering poor performance, rather than trading their car, truck, van, or SUV. Install a quality remanufactured Jasper product for less than your customer would have to invest in a different vehicle. Go to jasperengines.com to learn more about the money-saving value of Jasper. I can imagine, guys and lady, that you could talk about procedural, safety, equipment, maintenance, customer feedback, frustrations, ideas, process improvements, 
Tristan obviously can't cover all of that, but do you make sure that some of these points become topics each and every week? Sure, definitely. I mean, I think it's important that, you know, like when everyone points out something that needs to be addressed so everybody can reach their goals. You know, like uh, like Kim said, we have a written agenda and we follow that and we have places for notes where we can put like things to look forward to next week or things to uh, fix this week or the next coming week. We make notes of that. And the next meeting, the week after, we kind of go over that and see how we did if we if we actually did those changes and you know like it like scott said it's it's not always 100% it's always 50 50 or sometimes more than others you know but that's the reality of it but i think that it's important to have them weekly to kind of to kind of like hold everyone accountable and make those changes so you have an agenda talk to me each of you about setting clear expectations at the end of the meeting on our um, meeting sheet, we actually have a notation of who's responsible for following through with that particular topic or item or things that needs to be addressed and what the deadline is. And then, um, so that is probably the most important thing is note that somebody has been assigned a task or a duty or um, you know a means to a solution and when we expect to hear back. And it's not always the next meeting. It might be um, you know, a, a management meeting that needs to have something be done before the staff meeting on Wednesday. That is kind of how the accountability is, is, is brought out is, I think if, uh, if your name is written down and you have a date when it's done, you tend to be a little more uh, solid to follow through with it. So that's kind of the follow through as, as far as that goes that we, um, that we implement. Sometimes things are a little more important than others. So sometimes you let things slide, but it's always important to come back and, and readdress those every time. Clear expectations, Scott. Well, yeah, hopefully you go in with uh, with a plan of where to go forward. Now, um, that's part of my agenda. I write down where I'd like to see things go, but inevitably when you start discussing it with the staff, they come up with lots of counterpoints or alternatives and you hopefully document them and put it together and say, okay, we're going to go forward and give this a try for the next two weeks and we'll reconvene at the next meeting and decide. Now, sometimes you don't even get through the day before you realize there's a flaw and sometimes you can go a couple weeks and uh, you get some feedback and sometimes it just works and everything goes smoothly. And so it was, uh, there's your, your odd home run where what you're uh, trying to put together actually worked, right? There always is some kind of plan, but sometimes it's like, let's gather feedback during the next two weeks and see how this works. Because we don't know. You, to innovate, you have to throw a lot of stuff out there and see what sticks. That's a great point. I love that. In order to innovate, you got to throw stick stuff up on the wall. Tristan, I loved what Kim said about clear expectations as, as far as assigning responsibilities. Are you doing that? Yes, actually, that's that's. Uh, I think that's the way to do it. When tasks are assigned, I think it's important everyone knows who's going to do those tasks. Because if nobody knows who's doing the task, they, they're just going to expect someone else is going to do it and not them. Right. So it's definitely I totally agree. I think, too, really, if you know, we can we can have we can expect people to to do things and, you know, have expectations of them. But if they're not clear, then how can we hold them responsible? Right. And I think that's the probably the most important thing to the meetings, um, whatever type of meeting it is, um, whether it's the morning huddle, you know, we have, you know, and we have we were blessed to have one of those meetings this morning where it's like, we have more work than we can handle today. So I need everybody, you know, our morning huddle was my expectation is 
I need everybody to focus, give me 110% and I'm going to bring you lunch and I'm going to take care of you. And, you know, and this is going to be a great week, especially when we get a look at our numbers next week. So today is the day, let's make it happen. And that's, so to let them know what's expected of them um, is I think the most invaluable thing, you know, what's expected of ourselves as well. So you're saying a short, sweet, to the point, we got work to do meeting. Yes, every morning, every morning, 8.01. <laughs> and as soon as we're done, they better, they're ready to, to take the work orders handed to them and, and go forward. So, but that's every day. So our tip number three, everyone, we had down frequency. Of course, all of these tips are going to be in the show notes for this episode. So when this thing does get out and on the Internet and repurposed, we always have a show notes page. You'll find all these tips there. And we talked a lot about this already. We, I think you all may have said, you know, we have daily, weekly, there's there's monthly. One of the tough things was is that holidays and vacations interfere and sometimes we can't get it all done. You know, Tristan, if it was a daily meeting, what what would you expect to have? What kind of points in a daily meeting? So in our daily meetings, it's kind of like a morning huddle, like Kim said. It's it's short. It's like five minutes to 10 minutes. And basically, you just discuss what's coming in for that day, what parts needs to be ordered or what needs to be done, who needs to get picked up, dropped off, you know, customer-wise and things like that. So it's just a quick, quick meeting to get, to get everyone's mindset. You know, we're, we're, we're here, we're ready to work, and let's, let, let's get rolling pretty soon. That's what we do in a, on a daily basis. And actually, I kind of delegated this to to my guys, I delegated to my service advisor and my lead tech, you know, so the, the, the service advisor will have to have a, a leader role to do this. Got it. So you don't necessarily have to be there for every meeting. I don't have to be here. No. Kim, weekly, a weekly tactical meeting. You had mentioned that. What kind of things uh, are covered in weekly meetings? Okay. So management, we talk, um, we do, we do talk the numbers for the week prior and the goals for the week, um, forthcoming. So that's why we hold those on Monday. We want to quickly address what happened last week and see what we need to tweak for the rest of the week. So definitely numbers. We're talking about um, how many cars we had at the ARO. We break down each repair order by, you know, value, the dollar value. So we know if we had 28 uh, AR repair orders that are um, between 100 and $250, we had a lot of oil services and, and minor maintenance. And then on the opposite, we're looking at the bigger the bigger ticket. So we're we're looking at the the how many or the types of jobs we had for the week prior, um, so that we know if we need to tweak. The one of the biggest things that we look at is our margins. We're looking at our parts margins on a weekly basis. That way, when instead of looking at a monthly, when and it's kind of hard to go back and say, why do we have such a drop in our parts margins? And and uh, you know what was it? Well, we had. You know, it's easier to go back last week and say, remember, we had that uh, hybrid battery or we had, um, you know, some big engine job that the, the margins are lower. So we can we can nip those in the butt right away. Um, so numbers are key. Um, uh, tech productivity is talked about on Mondays, kind of just the overall feel of how things went and what can be changed for the week coming. The only thing that's really different on the Wednesday meetings is we're, bring, we're talking about tools, we're doing safety, um, we're talking about needs, and we talk about, you know, kind of what are we doing um, and how do we do as a team instead of the specific numbers. Scott, how about monthly strategic type meetings? Any ideas there? We don't tend to do that type of meeting. We do watch our numbers uh, every day. And in fact, our, our staff are uh, paid on a hybrid type pay system that is a variety of 
you know, wage and uh, bonus. And so they're always incentivized to be paying attention to where we're going and what we're doing. So most of our meetings are not that type of meeting. They're more about production and about customer service and about um, what we're doing in terms of more of the physical side of the job. We, we certainly review the numbers, but the numbers are part of the every day in, in our life. Uh, we, we start a fresh reset every Friday. So Friday is our push to get it done. And we know uh, we're paying attention to them all the time. I like what you just said. Friday is the reset. The week's behind. There's nothing you can do about it, right? Yeah, a bad week doesn't ruin your month. Hey, let me offer a couple of ideas for strategic monthly meetings, uh, brainstorming. Uh, decide on critical issues that will affect the company long term. And how about a quarterly off-site review? Maybe that's something in the offings. Uh, review your strategy, the competitive landscape, industry trends, key people, and team development. Carm, we do, Rob and I do that as um, I think I shared with you. We have spousal meetings <laughs> and we do, those, <laughs> we do those off-site. And honestly, some of our best spousal meetings are when we're coming back from a either a shop review with our Worldpack Smart Group or coming back from a, you know an expo or some kind of a training. So a lot of our spousal meetings are best served right after um, one of those kind of uh, events. We're excited and, and such. And we do a lot of that, um, either that or, or uh, at the end of an evening with a, a glass of cab and, and permission to talk about work. So... <laughs> Really, go go to listen to uh, to Kim's episode. It was uh, it was great. Episode one thirteen. We talked a lot about how that works for you and Rob. Let's get into some tactics. You know, as far as meetings, everyone. Uh, let's go to our, our tip number four: share the wealth, don't hog the meeting, and don't let others hog the meeting. I think that's the hardest one. <laughs> and I just did it. I always want to just talk. I want to share. I want to interject. And that's the hardest one for me to um, control myself and my staff will, will admit that. So I'm going to let, I'm going to move on and let somebody else answer that. <laughs> well, I try to do like a 70, 30 rule. Like I, I'd probably talk 30% of the time and 70% of the time everyone talks. And the best way I, I think that we get that out, that I get it out is really ask the questions. In the beginning, before we start a meeting, and every, this is a weekly meeting, like before we start a meeting, we have this game and I got this from my coaching group that my coach kind of like told me about this called chat pack. Basically, it's a, it's, it's a case of cards with a bunch of different questions um, and everyone pulls one out and and answer those questions. It's just kind of kind of like breaking the ice, right, mm -hmm. to get everybody in the mood of speaking. So if they spoke at the beginning of the meeting, it's a lot easier for them to speak throughout the meeting, you know, rather than they sit down and someone's always talking and they never get a chance to talk. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like a warm up. And after that, I just ask a lot of questions. So you're a curious kind of guy, Tristan. You could say that. Yes. I mean, it's, for example, if I ask one question to, to a tech, right, I'd probably ask the same question. And, and after he answers that question and explains his side, I would ask another tech and say, what do you think about that? What's your take on that? If I go to a meeting with you, you expect me to contribute. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if, if you're not contributing, uh, even if you don't expect it, I'll ask the questions and you're going to have to answer. You expect me to contribute no matter what. You're going to keep probably asking the same question over and over again until I give you an answer. Give me something. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then slowly I'll learn that uh, Tristan really cares about my input. 
Excellent. I love the strategy. It's a great strategy. Scott, what about you? How's it, how's it work to get your people engaged or are you talking too much? Maybe. I think that everybody is different. So I have some staff that uh, contribute a lot. Like they just have lots of stuff that they're ready to list off. Some take notes and uh, some just kind of let it uh, let it go through. And uh, you know, everybody's expectations are a little bit different. Some people can just let things go and take it as it is. And other people want to change the world. So you, you get a mixture from every single employee. They give a different amounts of input on what they want to give. And that's all fine with me. I think uh, they talk a lot throughout the weeks. And I think that uh, sometimes that conversation turns into the one person becoming the spokesperson and bringing it all up, even though it might have been somebody else's idea first. We don't try and intentionally assign each person time to the meeting. We just let it all come out naturally. To kind of organically make everybody be involved, um, we actually shared the job duties for each meeting, especially for our staff meeting. So that way I don't, it's not always me presenting or, you know, going down the agenda and keeping things um, moving. We've actually um, changed, given everybody job duties and it rotates. So um, our tech, our, you know, service advisor, Lori may come in one day and she's the note taker. Our C-Tech, uh, Levi might be the presenter. And so it requires them to participate in the meetings. That way they can't sit back quietly and, and not say much. And I, if, and I get to choose who is doing which duty, which is kind of fun because if I think that somebody has more to say about a particular topic, I might let them um, be the note taker. If they tend to talk too much, they might be the note taker more. <laughs> well, you're steering the, the meeting so that there's extreme value and you're also developing your people and engaging them at the same time. Correct. Empowering them. So what I'm getting from this and we're not quite done yet, we got some more to go, is would your businesses be as successful as they are if you weren't having meetings? No. Well, then this needs to be a hot ticket here for the aftermarket to listen to this and and say this is such a simple little tactic to strengthen a business and to engage your people. I think the meetings is the time for the team members to buy in to make change um, to or to uh, move change forward, um, whether it's buying and about doing um, digital inspections or, or you're, you're, it gives an opportunity for um, topics that are being discussed, um, thoughts that we have as the, you know, in management, changes we want to make to actually learn about them, number one, um, but also to buy in. And um, if you're sitting in a room with, you know, we have uh, usually about 10 people in our meetings every week. When you're sitting in a room with 10 people and you're nodding your head saying that, you know, let's do, you know, I agree, digital factions are the way to go. And you're nodding their head, yes. You sat in a meeting and you nodded, you were in agreement, you bought in. And so therefore, when we come back and we're readdressing why are um, digital inspections not being performed on every vehicle? Well, it's a little bit hard. It's a little bit this, but you know what? You wanted this just as much as we did. So it's a it's an opportunity for that to come forward during meetings. And that was just, that's just an example. It's a very minor example. Um, one of the things that I didn't that we didn't talk about earlier too is is um, training and training and safety. That has got to be at every single meeting, and that's something that is on my list that I didn't mention earlier. Good. Thank you so much.
When I thought about what you just said about shaking their head, it's almost like going around the room and saying, okay, put that vote down. That was a yes. That was a yes. And now you got minutes. <laughs> you've actually you've actually got minutes. Okay, we've, we've covered a lot of these. Great. Thank you so much. Set the length of the meeting. Talk about that. Well, you definitely could go too long. And uh, <laughs> we tend to do hours over lunch and try and get it done in an hour and 15 minutes. Too much time will just bog you down. And I try and do them daytime during lunch because I think we have to respect our staff's time a lot and not try and ask them to come in earlier, stay late or do after after regular hours stuff too often. Um, so we do ours during the day and an hour and 15 minutes is about all we can spare. So we try and set that and go to, they do go over time once in a while for sure. And that's every two weeks, Scott? Yes. Now, what happens if a customer comes in or the phone's ringing? Hopefully having someone there to answer the phone is, uh, is uh, going to be uh, something that you have. Answer the phone and get the door. I've thought about putting the phones on hold. I'd like to in some ways, but uh, we, we don't do it. Um, maybe one day. Uh, the meetings are really important. I think that uninterrupted is important, but business goes on and people call and show up when they do. And I, I don't tend to turn them away either. If I can make a recommendation, just a, a thought for those that are listening. One of the things that um, that Rob really pushed to implement, and I wasn't so sure for the longest time, is probably the best thing that we ever did. And that is we actually have an offsite answering service with a live person um, that we can forward our calls for those lunch meetings when they call in. And, and honestly, they're, they're there 24-7. When we're not here and we're not available, they're speaking to a human. Um, so if it's somebody that's calling in during lunch and um, they get the answering service, uh, the service writer and myself are both getting emails of those calls that are coming immediately. So if it's something we need to handle as an emergency, we can step away. But it's just an idea as far as uh, make it that way. The, the meeting stays focused. Um, you're not losing concentration because you know that phone's ringing and nobody's going to answer it. And also um, our customers are still being taken care of at the same time. You know, what we do in our shop is we, we, uh, we do it before we open. So our daily meetings happens before we actually open. Um, our weekly meetings are longer. So they're about 30 to 40 minutes. So the guys have to come in early on Monday you know, to, to do the meetings before we open. And then on, on our monthly meetings that I scheduled that for about an hour and that's offsite. We, we go out, we have dinner. Um, it's something to look forward to so they can pick a restaurant. Like everyone can agree on a restaurant they want to go to. I pick up the tab and you know, everyone, said everyone has a good time, but we try to keep that within an hour, you know, but that's after, after work. So it doesn't interfere with work schedule. And that is, you know, Scott, I loved what you said that you didn't want it to interfere with anyone's, you know, personal life. I, I get that. I, I respect that, Tristan. But you've got your team. They're OK with coming in early and, and doing the, the one the evening. Definitely. And I think the 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 one we have trouble with is the monthly meeting because nobody wants to stay after hours, you know, and and uh, have to have dinner. But if you let them pick the place. And I'm picking up the tab. We'll go to that famous steakhouse, I guess. Okay. They're engaged. They're, they're involved so that they end up going. Uh, but occasionally someone can't make it because they've got commitments, right? Yes. And we, what we do with the monthly meetings, we uh, reschedule around that. So we want to make sure that everyone goes. You know, it's a little work. Because we have a small team. Um, right now we have three techs, one advisor, and me. So there's only five of us. I mean, how hard is it to to get a schedule going with five people. You know, I understand if you have like 10, 10 people, you know, 15, I don't know, like maybe that's harder, but it for for five people, I, I think it's a lot easier. Scott, you had a great talking point about meals. 
about the uh, the lead the leader of the meeting should eat first. I love that. Well, that's actually I'm a complete failure at that. So that's why I brought it up. It's like this has got to change. We, I buy lunch. So when we do have these meetings at lunchtime, I buy the lunch. We do ask the staff, let them pick where they want to go within reason. It's pretty uh, good. Uh, Jackie, my wife, will usually go and pick it up. Sometimes we'll call someone that delivers. I find that one or two things happen. And when, when I, if I try to eat at the same time, then yeah, we waste half an hour and don't get anything done. Or I wait till the end. My food's cold or there's none left. So I brought this up because after the last meeting, I decided this has to change. And so I'm going to start a new habit. And I think that one is uh, important, though, because everybody's time is precious. And because it's daytime, business has to get back. We need to uh, make better use of my time by eating first so I can start the meeting and get things rolling while they can sit and absorb while eating. And you got a captive audience when they're eating. Basically, 1231, and I always pick the one and for whatever reason, but 1231, phones have to go down, upside down. And um, we, so we are talking, we're enjoying each other's company because we are a family and we are very, very tight knit group of people. We're together a lot of hours every week. Um, So we like that time every week that we sit down and have a meal. And at 1231, phones go down, meeting gets done, our meeting begins. And, and I think that's, we're able to do that because we do stay to the agenda. We stay focused. Um, We're not being interrupted um, by the phones or you know, I think the biggest interruption we might have is a part delivery during lunch. But so that first half hour, I we look forward to just the camaraderie and hanging out. And um, I think that's really important. Gang, let me ask you, how much preparation goes into making your meeting happen? Well, I'll speak up. I don't honestly do a lot. I review the last meeting's notes and, and all every day I have my, my meeting book where my notes go and Throughout the week, throughout the days, anytime I see something that I think needs to be brought up, I just scribble it down so it's there ready for me when the meeting starts, you know, the following week or whenever it might be. So I don't find that it needs a lot of preparation. I'm not trying to make a corporate culture out of my business where we've got strict agendas and a process for um, every detail of the meeting. I believe that we should have a process for many details within the business. Absolutely a huge believer, but the meeting I like to have it more of a casual and see where it flows kind of thing. Cause I think I discover more by being less formal and less strict about it. Got it. Kim, do you prepare a lot? Um, just the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I do um, the couple things I do on Monday mornings. I know my job, my focus for that morning is that I'm going to pull all my numbers and get them together for the week before. So that takes me a, a fair amount of time um, pulling out tech productivity, all the numbers in addition, we utilize um, a, pro, it's a Google program called Google Keep, and it is um, like post-it notes that we I have, and I have one that's a that staff meeting, one that's a management meeting, and I'm looking at them right now, and one that's morning huddle. It's a post-it note that you can share through Google Keep with other team members. So, for instance, the morning huddle, um, I have access to it. Rob has access to it, and Tanner, my lead tech, tech, has access. So anytime we think of something, we can put it on that that Google Keep, and it shows as a bullet point of something that somebody wants to talk about. Same with the um, staff meeting. We have, I have it, Rob has it, Tanner has it, and Lori has it. So you know, there's certain people that have access to these um, post-its. So be- when I'm doing the agenda, I'm looking at those post-its or the, the Keep notes. And bringing those those men or those uh, items that need to be discussed come in. 
Um, so that is kind of my organization that also has like to-do notes and things we need. And, and so everything has a note that's shared. So I am very, I have to be organized or I fall apart. <laughs> Thanks for that. You, you uh, do a lot of prep, Tristan? Not a lot. And fortunately, my system is pretty pretty good that all the numbers are there. It's, a, it's one easy printout. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a weekly agenda that I've already printed out. It's on a folder and, and I have a bunch of different copies. Weekly, the guys just need to pull one out and fill the numbers in, go to the system and fill the numbers in, and then we can start our meeting. Um, on the monthly, though, that's when I kind of like look over. It takes me a little bit more time, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, but there's not a lot of preparation that goes into it, you know, and I don't think it, you know, that should be a hindrance for anyone to have a meeting. I keep hearing one constant theme. <clears throat> the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. Do we ever talk about customers, reviews, and more importantly, the culture of the company? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's important to um, talk about the reviews or the, the, the challenges that happen that week some you know there's always mishaps you know um every shop has that um you know there's always comebacks that that the advisors and the techs were able to to uh take care of and the customer ended up happy and leaving a five-star review and those are the things that they we want to talk about you know and if there are other customers that have a a a bad uh uh, experience we want to talk about that too so yeah definitely it's it's important I think it's really important to go over the reviews because there's certain things um, on that people will will touch on that they appreciate that lets our team members know. Um, and so, for instance, a lot of ours right now is I got my car worked on and it even, you know, I picked it up and it was practically detailed and clean when I picked it up. So that's that's out there for the public to see. And that reminds our um, car detailers, our, our, you know, our, our guys that are here washing cars, that reminds them that their job, what they do, is just as important to the um, the shop, not just you know the reputation of the shop, what the customers appreciate. Appreciate honestly, I think the car, the customers like the car washes more than they like getting their car wa- fixed because it's tangible. It's something they don't have to go do later. And so for these um, these you know the the car washers or the detail guys to get feedback like that is invaluable when um, our customer service, you know, uh, rep is getting um, a comment like, um, you know, Jan driving me to work was like driving to work with a, you know, a longtime friend and we thoroughly enjoyed our time. Well, that just made her day. And so by reading the reviews and reading in verbatim, what people say, I think is so important and um, definitely encouraging to the team as a whole. And if they're bad, read them verbatim because they need to know exactly what the customers are feeling and what they heard and what they felt and, and uh, what they experienced. And so um, I think it's probably the most highlighted, the most in- encouraging and most sought after thing of the entire meeting is honestly the reviews. Yeah, absolutely. We review, uh, you know, what comes through the Google reviews, the feedback emails and such like that. And, uh, and yeah, also the uh, you know successes and the failures. We they're just learning opportunities. So mm-hmm. we review everything that we have and um, try and uh, give. Uh, I mean, th- part of any good meeting should be you know praising what uh, you know what we have com- uh, mm-hmm. succeeded on the, during the past two weeks, right? Kim, you wanted to talk about the dirty mop water. 
the dirty mop water has come around for, I mean, it's been, we've been doing this for probably about, well, since I started full-time, so almost seven years with the the, the shop. And basically, uh, we used to have a, a mop, uh, a mop closet um, that the mop, you know, the water just stood there. And if it stands there, it gets stagnant. Um, if it's getting stagnant, it stinks. Nobody wants to deal with it. It's mucky. It's murky. It's gross. And so at the end of every meeting, we try to give an opportunity for, you know, basically let out the dirty mop water. And that's basically anything that you're feeling that you don't know or you don't know when is the appropriate time to talk about, whether it's, um, and I don't have a Joe, so I'm going to say Joe. Joe may, it plays this, you know, stupid music so loud I can't stand it. Or Kim, when you come out and you interrupt me and when I'm in the middle of, you know, flashing and, you know, reflashing a vehicle, you got to pay attention what we're doing when, you, when you're interrupting us, whatever. Because we are a family, it's an opportunity for somebody to, to air what just really drives them crazy. And it's an opportunity for that to be exposed. Um, but the most important thing is when we're letting out the dirty mop water is that nobody can take it personal unless it is personal. If it affects you, if it, if you feel conviction or if you feel, if you took it personal, then you need to figure out, you need to change what you're doing because it's hurting somebody else. So it's just a, it's a great opportunity for, for, um, in an open and open atmosphere for somebody to say something and know that they're going to be safe by saying it. Now we may have a meeting afterwards if it, you know, like I can't, you know, let me tell you about Joe's music is bad, but let me, you know, maybe you turning it up louder than his is not helping the situation or whatever, but it's just a great freedom, a time of freedom to be honest and not get, you know, no, nobody can get their feelings hurt. It's, it's, so that's forbidden. So that's huge. I, it's been great for us. You guys encourage venting in your, uh, your meetings, Scott and Tristan? Here's the thing about venting. I, I think it's uh, not everyone wants to offend other people. I'm the type of person who wouldn't vent out in anger, and I'd probably say it in a different way. But other guys may vent out in anger. And once they vent out in anger, that person that directed to might vent out in anger, and it might do a chain reaction, right? So I, I, would, I would nip it in the bud because I don't want that to be the energy for the meeting. But if there's something that needs to be discussed, I will put those people aside and talk to them privately. There is a word constructive in there. You could always say, you know, respectful of each other. But uh, I get your point, Scott. As uh, discussed earlier, that's the whole reason our meetings started uh, um, probably, you know, 13, 14 years ago. It was because somebody had a vent that they didn't have a chance or they felt they didn't have a chance to get Mm -hmm. off their chest earlier. So um, I think if you have these meetings on a frequent basis, they know they're going to have an opportunity to to discuss Mm -hmm. these things. They don't build up to the point where it's that much of a vent. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it, uh, sometimes it might be. But I, I don't think our meetings ever have any kind of uh, mm-hmm. negative um, vibe to them at all. The the vent, uh, the staff are all adults. They're very mature. They're uh, they're putting it forward because they believe it needs to be done and that it will be better because of it. So the mm-hmm. discussions have to take place. Some are better than others. Without that opportunity, things have a chance to build up, and that's always worse. Communication mm-hmm. is critically important to making this work for us. We're, we're a team that has to be firing on all cylinders to work. And uh, so, sure, you can call it a vent, but mostly it's just discussion. When they may get that way, I think that quite often the guys will bring up a point for their coworkers so that it doesn't feel like they are going too strongly on one thing or another. So if somebody has a real problem with something, 
quite often if somebody else will bring it up at the meeting to allow an easier entrance. Mm-hmm. That's good too. Yeah. And I, honestly, when they're sitting there with a full belly and they're sitting at a table and they've just had 30 minutes of, of chatting, it is a time to vent, but they're not, it's not reactive venting. They, if they're going to speak out at that point, they've actually thought about or should have thought about what they're going to say. But the key thing is, is I always say, don't take it personal unless it's personal. The reason we do that at the meeting is because they're on the spot and they're going to, I think they're going to handle it better than they're, if they're out in the middle of the shop. You know, based on a really strong culture in the business, uh, one that's focused on the customer and working to always have constant improvement and embrace change, yeah, venting shouldn't, if the culture is right, ever be that pointed. That's just my feeling. And obviously, you as the CEO of the business need to make sure that it's constructive. And if it's starting to go too far one way or the other, you'd almost need to say, listen, let's let's take this offline. But, you know, don't don't make the meeting uh, end up end up with any kind of uh, negativity at all. I think we've done a great service to the industry. My common denominator here is that you all do meetings, you're successful businesses. You've all started meetings for your own in particular reasons, Scott, because, you know, you, you didn't realize that the team was and you said we, we, we better talk. Kim, your looks to me that you're continuing your successful trend by the engagement of your people and Tristan, I think you just have a great fun place to work at, and I would love to come and turn wrenches for you. Let's go around the room. Give me a one-minute quick summary to encourage anyone who's not having meetings to have them. I didn't want to have them at first because I just thought they were too much of this big corporation culture thing that wasn't for a small business. And that is, you know, at that time, we only had like five of us. I didn't think it was something that was required. And I've never been in that big business where we had them either. I discovered just how important they were. Small business, big business, you got to communicate and the meeting's just a way to do it. And it's as simple as that. Communicate and do it on a frequent basis so that things don't have a chance to ever get too far gone. And uh, it's really been a huge uh, eye-opener for me. Thank you so much. Tristan? Um, For those who aren't having any meetings, um, I strongly suggest it. If you have a problem, if you're not doing meetings because of the people, and your team doesn't want to do meetings, I think it's all about changing their mindset and letting them know that the meeting is for them, for them to be successful, not just to have a meeting. You know, like one of the guys, like I, I had to explain to him, like, hey, you know, I always have to tell him, like, I want you to hit your goals. I want you to get a bonus. I want everyone to hit their goals, you know, and the only way we can do that is through teamwork. And the only way we can, only way we can have teamwork is, you know, communication. And everyone needs to communicate. And the way we can communicate is to have these meetings. So, and on one day, once they understand that, I think it's a lot easier for them to buy in, for them to go to these meetings. And that's, I think that's ultimately going to be a successful meeting. Great point. They look forward to them, I bet. Kim, the last word. When we started having the meetings um, is during a time that we were in the, um, the mode of changing our business um, to where it is now. So I, I think the meetings are the time to open communicate um, open communication lines with your employees, plan, and all those things that we talk, we've already talked about. So I don't want to beat all that up. But I honestly feel like that by creating that culture that we care enough um, uh, that we want to hear from our employees, by creating the culture that we want our employees to have um, 
accountability um, by creating a culture that we want to be transparent on what we're doing as how we're doing as a business and what we're doing in the future. And um, I think it's it's really about creating the culture. And when you create that culture, you're going to create you're going to build that trust and there's going to be a trust um, that's going to be reciprocal. The trust from the um, team members to the owners and from the owners back to the team members. Um, I think the meetings are the biggest, probably the most important thing. If you want to change your business in any way, the first thing you have to do is start having meetings. Then you have accountability in all, in both, in all directions. I cannot strive enough and, and, it was probably the hardest thing to implement on a regular basis because there was always some reason to find an excuse on uh, on why just today just didn't work or um, I don't have the numbers yet or or whatever. Um, I think the meetings are the number one, first and foremost, things you have to do if you want to change your business in any capacity. The, everything else can follow because when you have a meeting, then you have to have accountability. You have to have things that are, you're accountable for or things you're accountable to. So it just kind of dominoes into a bigger picture and um, just have, start, have one and then have another and then have one more and then you'll pretty soon it'll be a habit. And then when you don't have a meeting, it's weird. It's really, really weird. So I encourage it for everybody. Absolutely. Thank you, Kim. Appreciate it. From Kim Auernheimer from Brentwood, Tennessee. Scott Waddle, Langley, British Columbia, way up there. Three hours behind me. And, of course, Tristan Rialabit from Westmont, Illinois. Thank you so much for your great contributions to another great Town Hall Academy. Have a good day. Thank you, Carm. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.